I'm Sophia Romanowski. I'm Emily Crowley. I'm Sydney Ballone. And I'm Hannah Smith. And today we are going to be talking about the Boston bombing and some of the people who were directly involved. We will be interviewing Detective Greg Forstell, who was one of the officers who found and caught the terrorist, and Sergeant Josh Crowley, who was one of the first responders in the aftermath of the bombing, and who was part of the group of officers that went to Sean Collier's funeral and assisted with everything afterwards. Here we have Sergeant Crowley talking about his experience with the Boston Marathon bombing. Good afternoon. Okay, what was the aftermath of the bombing that you helped with? Mm-hmm. Um, so we were out the night, we were at the marathon. Uh, we had just left uh, with the girls and Molly. Um, we were there with Children's Hospital supporting our friends and family who were in the marathon that year. Um, so when we first left, our first response was because everybody was calling us because the year before we had been right in front of that location where the, where the first bombing was. We had photos of us standing exactly where it was. So a year prior we would have been right in harm's way. Um, so a lot of people were calling us thinking that we were there again. So from a non-law enforcement point, that was answering all of our friends and family who were calling us freaking out, thinking that we were maybe hurt. Uh, so I brought the girls home and then I went to work and they put us all kind of on standby and not knowing where it was going at the time, obviously, we thought it was terrorism. Uh, we weren't sure if it was similar to like 9-11 where it would be multiple locations over a period of time. Um, so in Melrose, we have uh, three train stations. We have uh, a high-level hospital, uh, we have power stations, so we were stationing ourselves at like places like that, putting officers at all those kinds of places uh, to make sure that everything was well covered. Um, by Tuesday, when it had kind of calmed down at that point, um, we were now becoming part of the second wave in Boston, so we had deployed, uh, I was the officer in charge during the day shifts, um, so I could basically run the police department for the city. And so we were dispatching our canine officers, our motorcycle officers, um, our tactical officers, plus a number of our officers got activated that were in the military. So they all got activated as deployment and to go in to do the perimeter security. Because at that point, I think we had, I think it was like either 12 or 15 blocks around the bombing area completely shut down. And so we had to have an officer or a military man at every single intersection and corner. And so a lot of our officers were doing that as well as now trying to staff a regular police department with a limited amount of officers because we were deploying so many other places. Uh, uh, you fast forward then to, so I did that for a couple days where we would work extra shifts. Um, and as the investigation was ongoing, we thought we had identified um, the bomber in Melrose. We had a guy that showed up at our hospital um, claiming during an interview that he had done it and he had given some specific information. So we had to interview him and pull the FBI in. And at that point, he wasn't really matching some of the other things that we were being told by the FBI. Um, one of the victims had woken up at that point, um, Jeff Wellman, and he had immediately had said, I saw him, he had a backpack, he had a white baseball hat on, like Jeff immediately said, everything that didn't match who we had. Um, and so we, at that point, committed our guy to the psych ward left him there for a really long time because uh, he was just kind of crazy. Um, and then Thursday is when um, Sean Collier was killed and his sister works with us. She was uh, one of the council, city councilors for the city of Melrose. And so we took over kind of guarding her family uh, because the media and everybody was obviously trying to get their story. Um, and so we were kind of locking that down. By Friday morning, 
we were on school vacation, uh, so we had delayed our vacation at that point. We were supposed to be going away. And the other officer who you got to talk to, Greg Forrestell, uh, he's a detective in my department that has been tasked with out to the ATF. And so uh, he had been in Boston and then eventually into Watertown as part of that. And his family wasn't really doing well. They were kind of freaked out. We were all supposed to go away with them. And his younger daughters, I think you guys were eight, so Sophia was even younger than that. Um, so I went and got his family and took them to New Hampshire uh, and waited for Greg to kind of get done. Uh, again, not knowing as it was developing and where it was going, uh, we were armed all the time. So 24 hours a day, you had a gun on you. 24 hours a day, you were kind of checking in with your friends and co-workers to figure out what the next step was. Um, and so then, obviously, they caught him. Speed bump and flashbang. Uh, we don't call them by names. They don't deserve names. So speed bump got run over. We call him speed bump. And the flashbang, we threw flashbangs in the boat. Up. Um, and then from there we took over the, uh, I run the honor guard for the police department so we went and helped with the wake and helped with the escorts of uh, the Obama family on, I think that was Thursday, and then the Biden family on Wednesday the following week when we did the services for Officer Collier. Um, can you like talk more about what you did? Cycle officer. So he would be tasked with uh, doing all the traffic control. And then the honor guard was more that you know, we were the guys that were with the rifles and flags right, during the services and such. I think you answered most of our other questions from like that one question. Cool. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs>
And then, like, when you finally found, like, where he was and, like, where he was hiding, yep. how did you and the other officers do to, like, get him out and bring him into custody? So it was, um, um, it was the state police and the, and the, um, ATF that, that found him. Uh, and they found him, you know, obviously, I, I think you know the story, how they found him. He was in a, uh, someone went out, they lifted the ban. Um, they were going to lift the ban for the night. Uh, so people could go out, you know, out of their homes and everything because everyone was locked down. Like the whole city of Boston was locked down. Watertown was locked down. So they lifted the ban and a guy went out and noticed that his boat was, um, like messed with like there was a piece of like the, the shrink wrap that was off his boat and then he noticed blood and then he called the police and then everybody like everybody everybody responded to that area and um the, the state police kind of took control of it they set up a perimeter around the boat they had the helicopter up and then they basically uh, there was some shots fired, uh, and then basically they called him out and took him into custody. Like, what were you thinking when you were looking for him? Um, I was hoping that my group would catch him. <laughs> I, I guess I was kind of being a little selfish in that in that aspect, but uh, I just felt that he um, and his brother did so much harm to the city of Boston and to those people where. All that was on my mind was that I just hope I catch this guy. I hope I'm the one that finds him. I hope my group finds him. Um, and that's kind of basically what I was thinking. I mean, I was a little scared. You know, as we we, um, we had to search a couple of houses um, for, for some addresses that we checked. And I was a little nervous doing that. Uh, but all I kept saying in my mind is that I, I just hope I catch this guy. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Okay. The Boston Marathon bombing is an important event that affected many lives around the country. It shows that our stories matter because it gives awareness to terrorist attacks and how to be cautious in the world we live in. The two officers we spoke with both have different yet similar experiences with this event. Detective Forrest Stowe and Sergeant Crowley were directly involved and experienced the sadness firsthand. Them telling their experiences shows us that our stories matter because we now know that we should be aware of our surroundings and you never know when something like this could occur.